0: We get to start a brand new series called Contagious. Oh man, contagious. And we're going to be talking about a contagious church. What does a contagious church look like? One that is viral, more contagious than coronavirus, more contagious than any pandemic, more contagious than anything out there today. The church should be the most contagious movement. So I want to break down in these next few weeks together, what does it look like for us to be contagious? What does it look like for us to be something that spreads something everywhere we go? And my heart in this series, and, and we've been praying over this and just really believing that God is going to transfer something into your spirit. He's going to give something to you personally that is going to help you walk confidently. So these are the two things I really am praying that God gives you through this, and I'm believing that it's going to transfer into your life. Number one is more power more power in your life, more power in the way that you walk with Jesus and the way that you see him work and the way that you see him move. We're just believing for your life to be full of power. The second thing I'm really believing for you in this series that you're gonna gain is confidence confidence in your faith, confidence in the way that you pray, confidence in the way that you seek God, you come to his throne, you know him as a father. I'm believing so much that God is going to give you power and confidence. And I'm so excited. And the third thing is perspective. I'm praying that God gives you perspective, a new perspective on your season, but a new perspective on how to go forward, what to do with your life, how to make this journey the best that it can be according to what God has called you to do. You know, what a journey we're on. And week one of Contagious, we've been on this wild ride of this pandemic, we've been on this wild ride of trying to navigate life and trying to figure out what does this normal look like right now? Because right now we find ourselves in a place that is a little uncertain and you might, you know, have things in your life totally different than you did a couple months ago. And now you find yourself, all right, you got getting a rhythm, you're finding your new normal. But we need to ask ourselves what what is the new normal? What does a church look like when we're on fire now before we get started today i have to define for you what the word church is okay so if you could help me if you could grab your phone real quick grab your phone it might be by you might have left it on the kitchen counter when you were getting breakfast or making your coffee Um, but grab your phone real quick and would you put on the camera and then flip that thing around so you can see yourself Okay, so I know a lot of times when we talk about church or we talk about, you know, the church, sometimes we all have different perspectives or ideas of what the church looks like. So you might think of a building, you might think of a a gathering, you might think of, you know, a a Bible or, you know, some type of uh, religion. But today, every time I say church, and I want you to know throughout this entire series, when we talk about the church, I want you to picture who's in that phone right now. Look at yourself. You are the church. You are the church. Come on, go ahead and say it. Say, it. I am the church. You are the church. And so when we're talking about the church, Jesus didn't go and die and rise so that he could establish a place you know, of meeting. No, he, he died and rose again for you as the church, his church and He loves us so much and He wants us to be the most contagious movement this world has ever seen. And so today I wanna really ask some questions and really dive into what does this look like? You might have questions about like, what does the new normal look like for your life? What does the new normal look like for church? Right? Where, where are we headed with this? What does this look like as we're navigating this? Like we've been in this for a bit now. So, where are we headed? What, what are we going after? What is the new normal? You know, this coronavirus is, is one of those viruses that is so contagious, but it's invisible. And, you know, they're talking about how, like, it can be on a surface for so long. And, you know, there's debates about how long it is on, you know, cardboard versus plastic and how long it's in the air once somebody sneezes. And, and you know, it's it's crazy because it could be anywhere. You don't know. When you go to the store, it could be on stuff. When you open the door, it could be on the handle. You don't know who's carrying or where it's at. And I, I thought to myself, man, what would it look like if we... We're so contagious with our fruit of the spirit of what we have inside of us as the church, of what Jesus invested in us. When Jesus you know, gave his disciples the authority and power, and he said, hey, I've given you what I have in me, just as the father gave it to me, now I'll give it to you. And now I have for you to spread it everywhere. Can you imagine with me that wherever we go as Christ's followers, whatever we touch, whoever we talk to, every conversation we have, every person we encourage, every time we gather together and that joy is built up in that moment, the spirit of God resides in that. Can you imagine with me that contagious effect and how long it could last? And what is the effect of your walk with God right now? As a, as a Christ follower, do we have the, the contagious effect in us that everywhere we go, our joy spreads. Everywhere we go, the peace of God resides. Everywhere we go, that effect of the presence of God and the power of God is in that space that everybody we talk to, even if it's just a little encounter, they catch it. They catch something. What would it look like if the church were so contagious that everywhere we went, it spread? Everywhere you went, something was left behind. Jesus said that I give you this fruit of the Spirit. I mean, we have so much to give, and that's the beauty of it, that when Christ is in you, you have nothing but good things to put out. You have nothing but amazing joy and peace and strength and hope and miracles. I mean, you have so much to give that everywhere we go, we need to look for ways, how are we spreading this thing? But we need to be asking ourselves ourselves, The questions, and and a lot of us are asking those questions. You might be asking those questions today. Is like, what is normal? What is going to be the new normal? And I think the question we, we should be asking ourselves is, what is the new normal we should be striving for? What is your new normal that you should be going after? You know, we can't go back to where we were. And I think it would be a shame if after this whole thing was over, if we just walked back into life exactly like we came into this pandemic. We can't be the same. Uh, The church can't look the same. We can't gather the same. Uh, It can't be the same look because we have to carry something that is contagious. And I believe that God is calling us to a, a different level as a church, as you, as an individual who follows him, a different level where something inside of you is so contagious, that it affects your world. It affects everywhere you go. And so we really have to go back to where all began. That's what I want to do with this series. I want to jump back to where the church began and look at what was the main thing that made it contagious. What was the thing that set it apart, that made it a movement that the world was talking about? They made it a movement that that the governing authorities had to shut it down because it was so contagious that it was becoming something that was spreading like wildfire, spreading like a virus, spreading like a pandemic. And I believe that today God has destined us, He's destined His church to be that effect on the world, especially in this time. So I want to look at Acts chapter 1 today to look at what Jesus said to his disciples of kind of setting the stage of what does a contagious church look like? What do you look like when you're most affected and effective? So I wanna look at uh, Acts chapter one, verse four. And verse four says, on one occasion, while he was eating with them, this is Jesus, he gave them this command. Now we have to pay attention whenever the Bible says that Jesus gave a command. Because in his word, right, the command is the prominent thing that is attached to something on the other side. Jesus' words never, Jesus' commands, for that matter, never come without something attached to it. When he commands something of you, it means that there's blessing or favor or good things on the other side. And so when, he said, when the Bible says command, just to give you a little note, you need to look and pay attention to what comes next. And so Jesus, looking at them, he gave them this command. He said, do not leave Jerusalem. Do not leave Jerusalem. Now, this is where it was all beginning. This is where it was all taking place at that time. And Jesus gives this command, hey, don't leave, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with water. With the Holy Spirit. Jesus was talking about something that had to come upon them, had to fill them in order for them to be working in the thing that he was calling them to. And it's interesting because Jesus was talking about, hey, spread the kingdom of God, go after, right? And his big mission was go and make disciples of all nations. And then he puts this command out, He says, do not leave Jerusalem. He says, don't leave until you've received the gift. And we got to look at what is this gift? What is the Holy Spirit? And we look at it in verse eight. He describes it. He says, but you will receive power. Come on, everybody say power. Would you put power in the comments right now? Come on, say power. He says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Jesus was saying, hey, listen, this mission is too grand for you. It's too big for you to do on your own. And you can go and you can try to spread this thing. You can try to make it work on your own. But let me just help you. Let me command you with this. Stay where you are until you receive the gift. Once you receive the gift, then he moves into, you will be my witnesses. Now, what's a witness? We got to look at that. A witness is something that gives testimony to what they witnessed, right? It's something that they've encountered. It's something they've experienced. You know, when you have an eyewitness of a crime or something, it's, they want to get their story. What's the story? What happened? And they give their perspective on, man, it was crazy. This happened, this happened. Jesus said, hey, once you have the gift, Of the Holy Spirit. Once you are clothed in power, then you will see my hand at work and you will be witnesses of what I'm doing. Woo! Can you imagine a church? Can you imagine you in your life, in your season? Can you imagine experiencing so much of God's power that all you can do is be a witness to it? Say, hey, listen, just like the guy who got healed and they were asking, who did this to you? How, how can you see now? You were born blind. And he said, listen, I don't know all the details. All I know is I once was blind and now I see and it's because of Jesus. And can you imagine your testimony where you're like, hey, listen, I once was sick, but now I'm not. And I know it's because of Jesus. Hey, I once was in depression and now I'm not, I'm full of joy because of Jesus. Come on somebody, I'm preaching to somebody today. I once dealt with anxiety, but now I fear no more. I'm walking in a boldness that I can't explain. All I can do is be a witness to the power of God in my life. That's a contagious Christian. That's a contagious person who carries the power of God. So we have to ask, what does that look like for us, for you? What does that look like in your life right now? Jesus said, hey, don't leave until you've been given this gift. I think there's so much, so much that we need to look at in that statement of knowing what we carry and what it is we're after, right? So church can be defined in a lot of ways, and especially today, we've kind of built churches, this, you know, this weekend gathering and, and coming together and it's a beautiful thing, but it's not all about the gathering. It's about what happens in that gathering, right? And, and Jesus uh, says in his word, he says, hey, don't forsake the gathering. Don't forsake the meeting together. There's beauty in that. But in the midst of that, don't move forward without the gift of the Holy Spirit on you. Because when his power comes on you, that's when you become contagious. Because you can't be contagious unless you're first infected You can't be one that spreads something that you do not have yourself. And I believe that God is gonna pour out his Holy Spirit in this series. Man, I believe with all my heart that God's gonna fill you with his power. He told his disciples, hey, I'm sending you a helper. I'm sending you one that will give you power that you won't work in your own ability. You won't try and strive and make it happen, but you will be flowing and the gifts of the Holy Spirit, hallelujah. I'm so excited for you in this season of witnessing the power of God in your life. But it really is moving from familiar to destiny. And sometimes we get caught in the familiar because it feels right, it feels good. It's what we've always experienced. Uh, my son Zion, he just got a new bike. And it's a 20 inch y'all, he's growing up. He came from a 16 inch, which doesn't sound like a lot of difference, right? It's only like four inches, but the size difference in these bikes is incredible. And so we get this bike in the mail, we're putting it all together and he gets on it. And he's like, dad, this thing's huge. I mean, the handlebars are like way out. The pedals are just, they look so wonky because he's been on this little bike and now he's like stretched out on this this huge 20 inch bike, right? And he gets on it and he's like, dad, I don't know. So we're, we're navigating the handlebars to be just right and make sure that they're in place and putting the pedals in the right placement so that his legs can reach. And then he gets going. Oh man. And he can go faster than he could on that little bike. He can do way more tricks. Now we got pegs on it. Y'all know about pegs. Yo, pegs are the thing. And so he's like, dad, what are pegs? I'm like, yo, let me show you. So I grabbed his back. I'm like, going on on the pegs. I'm like, yeah, this is how you ride a bike. And he's like, yo, no. So now he's on the pegs riding, doing tricks and all. I'm like, yo. Because his ability was for that 20 inch, but his experience was in the 16 inch. And some of us, we've experienced church a a certain way. And so we have this familiarity to it, right? There's this this feel good feeling, this uh, nostalgic feeling of that's church. This is what my relationship with Jesus looks like. And we kind of contain it to that space. In fact, when he got off his bike the first time, he said, dad, I'm really going to miss my old bike. And I was like, what? What do you mean you're going to miss your old bike? He goes, yeah, because it's got this Harley Davidson sound, got this motorcycle sound. I'm really going to miss that. And I am thinking, wow, isn't that crazy how we miss the familiar? And sometimes when we're where we're trying to walk into this new ability, new thing that God has for us, a lot of us will battle with trying to go back to the familiar, trying to go back to what felt good, what we used to have. And even if it might not have been the best, and even if you were complaining about it three months ago, and now you're begging for it because it's gone, right? So that's how some, sometimes life is where we, we're like, you know what, we're going to this new normal and we, we just can't wait to get back to what it was. But we were complaining about it back then. And he was like, God, I think I'm gonna miss it. And I, I thought, man, if we can trade the familiar for destiny to know that, hey, our ability is for bigger and better and greater. And God has destined you not to stay on the 16 inch, okay? Not to stay in what you've already experienced. God's purpose and plan for your life is not to stay where you were. It's to go where he has planned for you. And the beautiful thing is God destines the ability, but you determine the experience. I need someone to help me preach right now. Come on, I need you to put that in the comments. God determines your, your ability, but you determine your experience. You already have it in you. And that's what Jesus uh, was getting to his disciples. He said, hey, wait for this gift. Once this gift comes on you, you are gonna have everything you need to flow in power. You're gonna have everything you need to be a contagious effect on your world. That everywhere you go, you spread it. Everywhere you go, you just, you just talk about it. Yo, this is what God's doing. This is how God's showing up. This is how God's doing a miracle in my life. This is how God's working in my finances. This is how God's working in my family. This is how God's working at my job. Yo, I used to deal with that, but I don't anymore. And it's because of what God's doing. It's a witness to the power of God in your life. And that's what I believe that he is calling us to. He's already given you the ability. Once Zion got on that bike and he started pedaling, he could go faster already in two minutes than he had for all that time in that 16-inch. He had more ability in him than he knew, but his experience was him getting on the bike. And I wonder what that looks like for you. Just as we start this journey together to say, hey, what does this look like for us to be full of his power? Us to walk in this new life of a greater authority in Jesus that the Holy Spirit fills us up, fills us up. I was looking back on past movements and revivals, um, trying trying to gauge, like, where are we? Where are we in history? Where are we in this pandemic and everything going on? And I was looking back at the Azusa Street Revival and the Welsh Revival and and the, the the labor man's prayer movement that happened in New York and spread throughout the country. I'm looking at all these, the Great Awakening, this Great Awakening, the second one, you know, and all these different movements. And I was looking at what was common in them was there was always something pressing happening in history. There was always something coming against, something that was a barrier. And God moved in that time. And the spirit of God spoke to me as I was looking at this. And he said, I want to do something now. I want to do something in this season that will amaze, that will be contagious, that will be an effect that the world will have to take notice of. I want to pour out my spirit. And the the second thing I noticed about all of the great movements, the great revivals that have taken place is it all started with gathering in prayer. It all started on the foundation of people getting desperate for God. It didn't start in a great, you know, exciting, uh, big gathering of thousands of people. It started with a few getting together and praying and saying, God, we need you. God, we need a filling of your Holy Spirit. God, we need you to pour out who you are. And in that moment, God blessed it. God multiplied it. God made it contagious, and they saw miracles, signs, and wonders. They saw those prophesied. They saw the Spirit of God fall like a cloud, like a wind, like a fire, like it did in days that they were in the upper room. Same thing. I believe that God wants to do that today. God wants to put a desire in you for greater things. He wants to put that that desire for that experience in Him that desire to invite him in, to go to that new level in him, that new level. But God's power moving is contained in the place. It's not contained in the place that we meet, right? It's contained in a position. Let me say that again. God's presence and power is not contained. It's not in barrier or an obstacle of the place that we meet. It is buried by the position that we take. This is all about us getting in the right position. It's all about us getting in a place where we say, God, we are ready for you to move. We are ready. We, we want to cleanse ourselves. In fact, that scripture, 2 Chronicles that we've been talking about, 714, where we turn from our wicked ways, is that position of saying, God, we want to purify ourselves. We want to get in a place of intimacy with you, where we seek you, where we go after the things of God. Where we're not chasing uh, an experience. We're chasing an encounter. We're not chasing a a feeling. We're chasing a person. We're chasing the Holy Spirit coming and being with us. So Jesus said, hey, don't leave. Don't leave Jerusalem until you're clothed in power. See, the other day I was trying to charge my MacBook Pro and I grabbed Ashley's power cord, and I was plugging it in, and I noticed her power cord was not charging my laptop. I was like, this is odd. I didn't think anything of it, but I was like, okay, so maybe it's the plug. So I moved to a different plug and plugged it in. Same thing. It wasn't charging my laptop. And I realized something that her 13-inch power cable was not able to charge my 15-inch laptop. Okay, The power source was not enough. It was not enough to get the job done, to charge what I needed done. I think a lot of us are in that position where we are trying to do something right now without the proper uh, ability in us. We're trying to do something without the proper tool, without the proper power in us. And I believe that wholeheartedly that God today wants to empower you to charge wants to empower you to give life, wants to empower you to speak and to see things move in the spirit. God wants to bring you into a place where you are flowing in power. In fact, we got to look at Joel, the prophet Joel, he prophesied over this time that was coming, this time that was coming where God would pour out his spirit. And we find it in Joel chapter two, verse 28. In verse 28, it says, And afterward, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. I will show wonders in heaven and on the earth, blood and fire and billows of smoke." I love this scripture because it really defines if you've ever felt unworthy or inadequate. Maybe you're like, I didn't grow up in the church. I, you know, This is really good for all those you know, Christians, the ones that look like Christ, but I don't look like Christ. But let me just tell you, if you're in that space where you feel inadequate, unqualified, you feel like you're not holy enough or set apart enough or anointed enough, let me just remind you, Jesus loves you exactly where you are, and he wants to fill that space you find yourself in today. This is not a call for all of those that have been in church all their life. This is not a call for the religious type. No, no, no. This is a call for all who want it, all who desire it. God wants to pour out his spirit on you. And it's going to come to us in different ways. And prophecy and dreams and visions and wonders that are in heaven are going to be signs on earth. Another translation says, the wonders in heaven will become signs on earth. All the glory and holiness and miracles that are happening in heaven will become signs for us to see. Wow, look what God is doing. Isaiah 44, verse 3. Isaiah 44, verse 3. Here we go. It says, again, Isaiah says it, for I will pour water on a thirsty land, streams on the dry ground. I will pour out my spirit on your offspring, my blessings on your descendants. This is the promise all the way through. And then we find it in Acts chapter 2, verse 17, when Peter's addressing the people, when the Holy Spirit came down in the upper room. We're gonna be looking at this in, in weeks to come. But when the spirit came down and that, Power filled the room and people were asking, what is happening? He said, yo, this is what's happening. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Same thing, your young men will see visions. Old men will dream dreams. Even on your servants, men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below. Come on, and I believe that this is where God is bringing us as a church. You, remember, it's you. You're the church. This is where God is taking us to be a contagious effect where the world says, what is happening? How does it take in place? How is that happening? And all we can say is, "Say, listen, this is what God said. He's gonna pour out a spirit. He's gonna do things that amaze us. He's gonna do things that are beyond us, beyond what we've experienced in the past. Because our familiar, see, I look at it like this, is, is sometimes we get attached to the familiar from a space. As so a church might look right now like home. Right, I, I have this like uh, mason jar, you know, because you do some canning and my wife does canning. So this is what we look like now as a church. We're all meeting in our homes. You're in your living room, your bedroom, and you're, you know, making your coffee and eating your breakfast and eating your Cheerios while you're watching uh, uh, church. And then we came from Punchline, right? Whoa, bam, 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 like wild and crazy. And this is what, this is church, this is epic. I love this, right? We're meeting in a comedy club. It's just awesome. And this might be your picture of church or you might have a little wilder side, you know? Cause this is uh, from the circus. So, you know, RIP circus, but you know, this is where God, uh, you know, this is where the church is might be for you. This is your perspective on church. Or maybe you come from a traditional background where it's very measured out. And this is what church looks like. And this is what church should be. And it should have this and this and this. And so this is what church looks like to you. Or maybe you come from, you know, a a mega church where it's bigger than all other churches. And so this is your gathering. This is your space of church. And see, what's the beautiful thing is it doesn't matter the space. It matters what fills the space. And so any season you find yourself in. So right now we're here. All we're doing is asking God to fill the space. We can gather anywhere, but Jesus said, don't leave until you've been given the gift. Right now in your living room can be a space where God gives you the gift of the Holy Spirit. God gives you the power to move, to be contagious. And so all we do is we pray, God, fill us up. And so in this space right now, fill us up, fill us up. And his glory falls. He says, I will pour out my spirit. We say more, God, more, God, more, God, fill us up. And then if we find ourselves, you know, gathering with maybe our friends and we say, hey, come on in and the gathering's a little bigger. So come on in, our friends and family, come on in. Let's watch this thing together. Let's do church together. God just fill us up. Same thing, same power, same contagious effect. All that's different is the space, but the space doesn't matter. All that matters is the spirit that resides in it. We go back to punchline. We're gathering together. All right, cool. We just need God's glory. We just need God's glory. You know what the new normal for church looks like? It looks like us gathered anywhere we go and we ask for the filling of his spirit. That the church shouldn't look like what it did when we left, but it should look like now for the Holy Spirit to reside, for the power of God to move, and for his presence to permeate and be contagious to everywhere we go. What does that look like for your life? And I believe that right now, even in your home, God can fill you up overflowing with his power. And he wants to do that in you to make you contagious, to make you an effect, a movement that cannot be stopped. Wherever you find yourself, it might look, it might look different, but wherever your space is today, wherever you find yourself watching this, and even if it's later on, you find this video, wherever you find yourself watching, I'm believing God to pour out his spirit in your life in a new way that you go from familiar, into destiny, from what you've always experienced into what God has for you. He says, don't leave till you've been given the gift of the Holy Spirit. Thanks so much for joining us today. I pray that the message was encouraging and helps you come alive to your purpose. Hey, thanks again to all of you who support change financially. It's because of you that we're able to see lives transformed and see God move in such a huge way. So thanks for being a part. We are so grateful for what God is doing in our house, and we are stoked to see what he has to do in the future. Hey, share this video. If you know somebody that you're like, this word would be super good for them. Hey, share it, get it out there. Thanks so much for being a part of spreading the word of what God is doing. Have a great day, and we'll see you soon.